0: Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas.
1: Hey, we're on the monorail heading to ride the Seven Dwarfs
2: Mine Train. Chris, I can't wait for you to ride it. Man, Snow White's such a great movie.
3: Kind of sexist, though, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it's pretty petty, too.
3: It's actually kind of creepy, too. Come to think of it, it isn't that great. But Someday My Prince Will Come?
2: Banger. It is rated 9th Best Movie Song. And it was declared that it's the best animated movie of all time. So it's sexist, petty, creepy masterpiece.
3: Classic Disney. Classic Disney. <laughs> Welcome to episode 234 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Alex. Today, we will be giving the his on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Right now, we're recording live for our Goof Troop members, also known as our Patreon members. You can visit our social media at Diz His Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and in all of the bios of our social media, you can find our link tree, which has all of the links. That means Patreon, where you can join our Goof Troop, our YouTube, uh, not our Twitter because we're still banned, our Instagram... If you do join our Patreon, if you join the tier five dollars or higher, you're entered into monthly giveaways. But for as little as two dollars a month, you can join our discord, be a part of the conversation during the show and meet a lot of like minded Disney adults and that we have a lot of everyday conversations about life, Disney, all that fun stuff. And if you want any of our merchandise, please head over to our tea Public, which is also in our link tree. Check out our new uh, or our old Christmas design that I re-uploaded. It's a really cool one. Ugly Sweater Diz His uh, shirt. Pretty cool.
1: And if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at DizHisPod at gmail.com. That's DizHisPod at gmail.com. And just send me any email you want to send us. Chris and I will read, and we'll determine what to do from there. So, uh, you know, if it's uh, something interesting we want to share on the podcast, that's great. We probably do that. If uh, it's just, in, you know. Information you want to share with us that's personal, we'll take that too.
3: We won't share that on the podcast. So you don't? Want no, to. no. But we you we know. will with your permission, with your consent. But spe- specify. Yes, please. Like, specify
1: in the heading and be like, please do not share this on the podcast, and then we won't. And if you don't say, put that part, then we will share on the podcast.
3: It's true. Now a little bit of housekeeping before we get started today. Getting a couple questions lately. Where's Joe? Where's Joe? Ben is he coming back? Uh, unfortunately, Joe is no longer with us. R.I.P. Uh, no longer with the podcast. Uh, anyway, Joe's taking a, a step away before the summer ends, but uh, he, he's not coming back. And that's OK because his summer has not ended. So, yeah, he's he is. It's like Phineas and Fur, but forever. But uh, if the show is never canceled, just summer every single day, um, I just wanted to thank him for all the uh, contributions of the podcast, meaning the creation of the podcast. Uh, without him, we wouldn't be here today because he birthed the podcast. Right, Alex? Oh, dude, it's just like Disney.
1: Because Roy. Yeah, outlived Walt. Exactly. And I was
3: Joe's Roy to his Walt. It, 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 Walt had to die. So uh, Joe died for the betterment of the podcast. Figuratively speaking, he's not really dead. He's happy and healthy. He's just no longer in the podcast. But the show will go on. And that show today will be going on with a very special guest. A sponsor of the podcast, a friend of the podcast. Front friend of myself. We have Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. Nick, how are you doing? Hello. What an amazing intro. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've been practicing that in the mirror, actually. A sh- a sh- a short and sweet. I know. Very uh, <laughs> just like me. Uh, not something I'm used to doing, actually. I'm used to doing the very long intros, but really happy to have you here tonight. Tonight, we're going to do the history on one of my new favorite movies, actually, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, what do you mean by that? New, uh, one of my new favorite movies because i actually watched the movie we're doing the history on get out what? of here yep. are you serious i did in the last 24 hours it would the wow the thing that was on my tv behind me before it was this snowing main street usa was indeed snow white and the seven doors wow yeah. thought i hated I don't it. it thought i hated it i'll show you my right. i'll show you my search it's... history some of it
1: that's okay no please some don't do that some of it uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. You thought you hit it and you liked it, right? Well, let's I, I, not get too yeah. We'll get but. two
3: zero, but yeah, pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Very nice. Very nice. Now, if you don't know what Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs are, if you were born before 1937, Snow White, which is the year the movie came out, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was the first feature length animated film ever made. It helped launch Disney's animation empire and became the first film in both the Disney animated canon and in Disney's golden age. Based on the Grimm Brothers fairy tale, the musical film follows a young princess as she flees an evil and jealous stepmother, eventually finding refuge with Seven Dwarves before being whisked away by a prince. The story told within the film would influence generations of films to come and set the precedent for modern ideation of what fairy tale looks like. That's basically the history on Snow White. Yep. And that's ah. the oh, his
0: on Snow White. We're good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's been good.
3: Don't want to get too much into uh, the nitty gritty of it, but um, really, really enjoyed this film. I really liked the music a lot. Uh, Someday my prince will come. Banger. Banger. Uh, Hi ho. I don't know if that's really a song title
0: but yeah. they say it a million we times in the song,
3: so i'm going to assume that's the name of the song love that's amazing seven dwarves seven dwarves are hilarious doc with that speech impediment reminds me of myself i just i love all of them yeah it's good it's a good movie it's a good movie it's uh, like you said it's um
1: it's it surprises you because people will write it off you know people who haven't seen it will be like
2: i don't watch a mo- when i watch a 90 year old movie They're like no dude watch it watch it embrace it yeah, feel uh, it for it's like you take so much appreciation for the movie, especially watching it as an adult now and seeing mm-hmm. it over again. I, I definitely see a different appreciation for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I've said before, and I'll probably say it again on this podcast, that animation in the well scene the beginning of the movie is amazing. And you would I could not watch that and think, oh, this is made 90 years ago. Like, you, could, I would put that on and be like, oh, that was made in, you know, 2005. I totally would believe it. It's so mm-hmm. well done.
3: Yeah, you said that last week. And when I watched it, I kind of took that into consideration. And Mm -hmm. not only that, but man, like just a lot of the animation style is when animation had like true character to it still. Like, I feel like today with the you don't get a lot of movies like that anymore. Every once in a while we had um, into the Spider-Verse had a different animation Mm -hmm. style. We had that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that had a unique animation style. Besides those, I can't think of a one that doesn't look like this, you know, just run of the mill CGI. You know, right. yeah, it's
2: just the hand drawn is just so amazing.
3: To oh, see yeah. Life like that. Yeah. Beautiful. And that tech, having that technology that they had in 1937 to get some of yeah. that depth and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for the the storybook pages. Uh, so I love the intro. And then you have that yeah. again near the end of the film, too. Yep. Yeah. Let's get to the his on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves.
1: The Snow White fairy tale was originally published in 1812 by the Brothers Grimm. Contrary to popular belief, the Brothers did not live in the Dark Ages, nor did they create or invent any of their fairy tales. Instead, they wrote down stories that were part of the oral history where they lived in Germany, and such stories had originally been told before being written down for generations. However, with the original publication, it was ensured that such stories as Snow White would live on for generations to come. The tale, as published by the Brothers Grimm, told a young princess with skin as white as snow, hair as black as ebony, and lips red as blood. This young princess, named Snow White, is considered the most beautiful in the land, upsetting her vain stepmother, the queen, who asks a magic mirror about such information each day. Terrified, Snow White flees and finds shelter as a housemaid for seven dwarves. But after being tricked by the disguised queen to use a poisonous comb and eat a poisoned apple, she falls into a trance. This trance is finally broken when a young prince transports her body to a castle for burial and the piece of apple falls from her mouth, waking her up. The overjoyed prince marries her and sentences the queen to dance in a pair of red hot slippers before she finally dies. This tale, being one of the more palatable and less death centered of Grimm's collection, has attained a strong degree of longevity.
3: So this was just the history on the Grimm's uh edition right, of it the Grimm's mm-hmm. version which which I didn't do the history uh, our
1: friend RJ did the history for this episode I love looking up the Grimm's I version know. I know so I was just gonna it say is, I want to know. oh, oh yes I, I honestly I need to actually I need to go online and purchase the Grimm's stories
3: you don't need to purchase them I think you just google it
1: no I want to purchase them so I can you know read them at is night there, to my kids you can't read a book you... somewhere yeah
2: <laughs> what <laughs> is there an audiobook <laughs> of it somewhere <laughs>
1: I want to read it to my kids, and then they'd be like, "What's happening? Why is this, why is this why is this the ending?"
3: <laughs> I love the. Um, I, I think the last time we touched on a, and you know what's funny is like they, their last names are exactly what their stories are, just grim. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if that's mm-hmm. where it comes from. I don't
1: think that's their actual last name. I imagine it's like a
3: like a stage name. You
1: know, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so they okay, not as interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the last time we talked about a Grimm Brothers story, I think, was um, Little Mermaid, which is very, very different than than the movie.
1: Wait, Little Mermaid, was it? Yeah. A Grim Little Mermaid? Yeah. Maybe you're right. Okay. If it wasn't, it was another
3: psychopath
1: story. I
2: I remember that story. I did was completely different than the movie. Completely
3: different. Uh, You had a lot of uh, similarities with this one, I feel like, because when I was watching this movie, it wasn't. It wasn't really dark or scary or anything. Um, the scariest part of the movie, it's actually, was my favorite scene in the whole movie, was when she's running through the forest and she yeah. thinks like the logs are alligators and the vines are yep. hands. And that was and it's so funny because we, wa- we watched out my daughter
1: and she started getting scared
3: and during I was like, that part. It's just
1: yeah, I was saying, it's just the woods. Like you'll see in a second, it's just the woods.
3: Yeah, it gave me very like Wizard of Oz type vibes, like when she's mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the forest. Um, yeah, the Brothers Grimm. I love their rendition of how the queen dies. Uh, She she's sentenced to dance in a pair of red hot iron slippers. Have you seen those?
1: Have you seen an image of those? I know you're a history
3: guy. The red hot iron slippers.
1: Yeah, like the yeah, like the iron slippers people would have to
3: wear. No, I didn't study medieval torture, unfortunately. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a real thing
1: i'm pretty sure i mean unless i'm just making things up i think you
2: just literally read that and thought
1: i'm pretty sure i've seen a
3: picture of stuff like that
2: i, I saw it on facebook it's real it is i don't know <laughs>
3: everything's real in there uh there's a playing card of red hot iron shoes in magic the gathering <laughs> i don't know if it's real though alex <laughs> um <laughs> oh no it's I real punishing anywhere. shoes they're called punishing
2: shoes oh punishing yeah shoes. a lot more fitting oh. actually punishing shoes yeah. probably, probably not ruby red i mm. know red hot oh wow yeah no these are wish i didn't look this up so i love i love the fact that this movie was based off of a book that was created more than 100 years before mm-hmm. the movie came out too mm-hmm. yeah um so it's just amazing how these stories were told back then and just continued on for over 100 something years and now i don't remember something that I read 10 years ago, (laughs) unless it's made into a movie kind of kind of interesting that
3: this uh, this movie. I mean, okay. so I'm trying to think, did this movie withstand the test of time because it's timeless or because it was the first, you know, because Snow White is still very popular um in disney uh whether maybe not snow white but the apple like that apple you see that apple all yep. over right uh the seven dwarves mm-hmm. everywhere uh they just built this the mine train what within the past 10 15 years uh yeah. so they're still building new attractions is it more paying homage to the first or is it just a popular movie
1: i don't know because we're saying how good the movie is but I watched it recently, and I don't think the story is that amazing. Like, what happens after the after she meets the dwarves is kind of blah. I feel like, um, but it does have that that thing where, yeah, it's it's you know, it's the first one of its kind, so of course it's going to have all these um you know accolades. If right, stand it above everything else. But I don't know, is it better than? Is it better than? A movie that's made recently or better than what would you compare it to? I mean, it's hard because Cinderella, I wouldn't say Cinderella is better than that. I wouldn't say or I wouldn't say Snow White's uh, Sleeping Beauty is better than that.
3: Uh, There's something charming about this movie.
1: I feel like they're all kind of the
3: same. IMDb Metascore gives it a 96.
1: Out of a thousand?
3: Out of (laughs) 96 (laughs) percent. Walt's side of the
1: story starts with his animation studio in the 1930s. Despite the Great Depression raging on in the United States, Walt's company was performing quite well. Mickey Mouse was still a worldwide sensation, and coupled with the success of the Silly Symphony short cartoons and the rise of such iconic supporting characters as Donald Duck and Goofy, the studio was riding high. However, Walt was aiming higher than to be merely a success in the world of short films. He dreamed of creating the first ever feature-length animated film, inspired by such comedians as Laurel and Hardy and Charlie Chaplin, who had made the transition from short subjects to long-form media of their own. Walt knew that this change was critical to secure more significant profits for the studio. After recalling the impression the silent film version of the Snow White fairy tale had made on him as a newsboy in 1916, Walt decided that this whimsical, multi-layered story was perfect for his first attempt at these lengthier productions. Walt revealed these grandiose plans to his key animation team at a dinner in 1934 after giving each of them 50 cents and following this reveal, He took them to the studio's soundstage and acted out the entire story while playing each individual character. The animators thought Walt was crazy, not only because of his obsession with this idea, but also because of his insistence on its success, despite nothing similar previously existing. The animators feared that a long animated film would not be able to capture the audience's full attention for a long period of time. And both brother Roy and wife Lillian discouraged Walt from taking on this task. Despite his family, friends, and workers begging him to stop, Walt took out a significant amount of loans and even mortgaged his house when his initial budget of 250000 grew to $1.5 The public referred to the project as Disney's folly. Walt referred to it as Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Despite these concerns, work began in early August 1934 with the intention of having the project completed by 1936. As the team started to flesh out the film, they not only compiled a list of all the essential characters, but also of individual gags and situations for the film. Staff writer Richard Creedon felt it would be fun to combine both the characters and the gags with each of the seven dwarves having a distinct name and unique personality described by their name. After a multitude of dwarf names were considered, the seven finalists of Doc, Grumpy, Sleepy, Happy, Bashful, Jumpy, and an unnamed seven dwarf were chosen. The latter two would eventually be replaced by Sneezy and Dopey. Creedon also provided an 18-page story outline based on meetings, held in October, 1934. The original story involved the usage of a poisoned comb to kill Snow White, which would ultimately fail, leaving the evil queen to capture the prince and bring the skeletons in the dungeon, including one named Prince Oswald, to life to torment him. This plot would look very different from the final version of the film, as it was more comical and more in line with the types of stories seen in the silly symphony cartoons. Nonetheless, it helped to develop the characters and Walt even encouraged the addition of gags by offering $5 for
3: each that was suggested. So you talked about the names of the seven doors. Now these weren't the original names in the um, Grimm Brothers fairy tale. The original names were Snick, Glick, Blick, Flick, Plick, Wick, and Quee. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I remember well, that. What's the last fun name? <laughs> I, 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 I assume Quee was probably dopey. <laughs> it was just so so. Um, out of left field. Now, before we get into the uh, Walt Disney, his his fascinating just uh, confidence in this movie, let's talk a little bit about the Seven Dwarves. Which one is your favorite? Alex, who's your favorite?
1: Um, I, I mean... I don't know if I really
3: have a favorite, but uh, it's got to be Grumpy. Grumpy. That's a, I, did, I did feel like I didn't have, even have to ask you that, Nick. Who's your favorite?
2: <laughs> a, I say Grumpy is like a typical like dad. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. But exactly. I, I don't know. Likes probably Sneezy for me. Sneezy. Sneezy's actually pretty was, funny. He kind of steals the fun. He kind of
3: steals the show. Yeah. I uh, I love Doc. I just I f- totally forgot he had that like speech problem, and it's like he's so distinguished, but he has this like speech problem through the whole movie where he just mixes up words and stuff like that. And it's so funny to me because of just his repetition of everything. I thought, I think he's so funny. Um, dopey is just hilarious. Um, I was, uh, I was looking up, um, people thought that dopey, uh, was too modern of a name for a, like a classic fairy tale when they were making the movie. And, um, because they were saying that they're saying that like the word dopey isn't any like Shakespeare's plays or anything like it's not it's nothing like, you know, it's not, like a timeless <laughs> guess, name, yeah. right? It's so, probably a newer word. So um, the alternative names for dopey were like halfwit, dunce, jester because of the like uh, they wanted to make it like sound so more sophisticated. I'm happy they, they came up with Dopey because Dopey's a great name like to this day. Like, it's just it's so funny. And I love how they keep referring to him in the movie. Like, oh, he doesn't talk like, oh, he's never tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like Dopey, uh, Dopey is just an odd name because it's not something I feel like the other ones at least we use in everyday language. I guess i mean maybe in the 90s we ran on saying that's dope yeah i feel like that's that's about the only time you've ever used that word no
3: that is true so it's like when was the word i guess that name was only used like in the 1930s and that's why walt like wanted to go with it because it wasn't used back then it's still not used today it's kind of kind of funny now you talked about walt going out on a limb to make this movie first of all Oh, my God. I have to fact check this, even though RJ is very, very good at research. I trust him. But one point five million dollars in 1937.
2: That's insane. I, I feel like I remember this because I've seen the story so many times now that and it, I love the story behind this movie um, because of all the bankruptcies and stuff that kind of come in play. And I don't know if you talk about this in the next history, but no, that's just that's
1: that's the rest is all I'm making in the movie.
2: Oh, OK. Yeah. Like, I mean, he filed bankruptcy multiple times um, with this. And like you said too like so many family members and people just pushed against it. And the fact that he just he knew his dream and his vision, he continued with it. And we wouldn't have Disney today if it weren't for this movie. We wouldn't have Magic Kingdom or, or this podcast even. Yeah, that's crazy I'm to sure. think about. A yeah. butterfly effect of, of Walt's stubbornness.
1: Now, I could never do this. I could never <clears throat> I can never come up with an idea and then have everyone around me be like, this is a terrible idea. I'd but like, I'm doing it anyways. Like, I would never do – I would immediately stop and be like, you know what? I think I should really just listen to everyone and be like, no, this is a terrible idea. Everyone's right. <laughs> but like his – his uh, it's not stubbornness or – it's not like he thought he was untouchable or not even capable of making r- wrongs. It's just that he just – believe in it so true i i've never had that belief in anything in my life so i don't know what that's like to believe in something so much that you believe it's going to happen despite everyone telling you it's not
3: yeah it happens to me a lot with like
2: football teams covering the spread i always lose <laughs> i always lose and, it, and now you have a mortgage that you can just put up so
3: <laughs> yeah exactly you, point, could
2: you
1: imagine your could you imagine your spouse be like i want to do this thing and they're like don't do it and they're like but i want to do it and like it's not going to be good But I'm gonna do it, and they're like, "Don't do it," and they're like, "Guess what? I mortgage. I put the house mortgage (laughs) it. I put the mortgage on it.
3: (laughs) Surprise! If if this thing you don't believe in falls through, we lose our house. I feel. I feel like if no one came up to him, or if. All these people didn't come up to him and say it was a bad idea. Maybe this wouldn't have happened. I feel like that was part of his spite of. Yeah, I feel like that was part of his motivation (laughs) because like Walt Disney, like think about it. Walt Disney was a crazy person that was (laughs) self-aware that he was crazy and like he 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 wanted to be known as the crazy thinker. Right. So it's like you have a hundred people telling you don't do this. And he's like, nah. you know what? I don't really want to do this anymore, but I want to prove them wrong way more than I don't want to do this. <laughs> putting up the house, putting up, you know, I just feel like all of those, all of everything that like led up to the making of the movie happened because Walt Disney is Walt Disney. Did you know i coming home? He's like, this has to work. This has to work. Oh yeah. Cause the house. No. Cause I wouldn't
1: say I couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't care about the house. <laughs> I could care less about money.
3: It's the principle. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was just a, he was a he was crazy he was just a crazy he was a dreamer and mm-hmm. um i tell you what we're we're it's it's 2023 14 years shy of the 100 year anniversary of this movie and we're still talking about it to this day we're still dissecting this movie
2: mm-hmm. it, yeah, and like i said it's it the story has been continuing she have um a big trend on TikTok right now with the evil queen at the, at Disneyland resort. She's mm. a huge deal there right now. Really? And, I didn't know that. And, and snow white too, but for the evil queen's more on the adult side of it, I feel. Yeah. yeah. And then snow white draws the kids in. So you, you talk about
3: this movie being timeless, Nick, part of the reason why you wanted to come on and uh, do this episode tonight was because you said your daughter loves this movie.
2: Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. Like being a parent and, re-seeing all these movies through my child's eyes now too and she loves this movie she loves cinderella and at first like we didn't play the classic movies for her when she was an infant we were playing frozen all the time right of course toy story or something like that and um over time she's discovered on disney plus these movies and these classic timeless movies that she still continues to watch she'll watch um aurora all those sleeping beauty um, she'll watch that one all the time as well, too. So
3: it's cool. It's Disney Plus is so uh, you know, I always thought Disney Plus was cool because it was like nostalgia like reliving my childhood. Never really thought of like the newer generations be, having access to these old mm-hmm. films. That's and actually having interest in it, which is awesome.
2: Yeah, and I feel like mm-hmm. in in the 90s we had VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Chris that's um a little <laughs> box type size one. I know you're younger. Thank age, you. So. I'll have to look this up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be kind, rewind. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I remember having Snow White, um, Little Mermaid, uh, which Little Mermaid came out later, obviously, but I don't think we had the other um, Cinderella or anything like that. Cause we, and we're a house with two boys too. Yeah. So it was kind of a movie that I felt was um, at that time for both guys and girls.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm glad you said something about the movie being for guys and girls because. I was going to talk about it later, but we'll talk about it now since he brought it up. I think this movie is very sexist in both ways, both ways, Um, but in a charming, in a charming way uh, in some parts. I'm watching this movie for the first time since childhood, and you have seven guys living together and the house is a mess, right? Of course. And a woman comes and just cleans it all up, Right. I, my, one of my favorite yeah. lines in the movie was when they come back, they're like, oh my gosh, someone stole the dishes because they weren't in the sink. Like, no, someone just put them <laughs> away. <laughs> but, and then, so you have sexism in the fact that, like, guys can't take care of themselves. You need a woman to do that. But then you have sexism mm-hmm. in that, like, a woman can't take care of herself. She needs a prince because that's all she wants the whole movie is a prince, a prince, a prince. So, but it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like even though this movie came out in 1937, we see a lot of these disclaimers in the beginning of, disney movies that like came out even way later than that like oh you know the images in this depict a different time in this this mm-hmm. movie was like i don't even want to say sexist but i want to say maybe like um depicting like, a lot, like an there's uh, a lot wrong to it yeah like i don't, I don't know but it was like there, there was no disclaimer in the beginning because it's like it's kind of charming like it's kind of like you know, these guys all living together can't, you know, can't do, it's just kind of funny. Like it's innocent, it's innocent sexism. I guess I, I, I'm i probably digging myself into a, into a ditch here, but I don't know. I just, there was something about it that was funny about that. Um, like just being a guy and knowing like, yeah, I would probably, you know, I, I just walked past my kitchen and, you know, uh, it's my turn to do the dishes and the dishes are piled up. So it's like, I can relate to something like that. They're, they're looking at the, uh, at the chairs and the dust on them. Like I come into my office and there's dust on my chair because I don't dust in my office every, but so, but so often, So just funny to see that. Um, the, the dynamic of, of these, of these seven doors living together though, is just, it's, timeless to me you have all the different emotions you have all and and sneezy for some reason and um and it's just i don't know There's something so fun about them and i I can't wait to see them back on the big screen when the movie comes out i think next year the the remake of it i think that's
2: one of the remakes that i'm actually looking forward to um yeah i wonder what they're gonna do with that because of the whole controversy with the dwarves so actually they they uh They change it from dwarfs
3: after uh, there was a lot of controversy to just like mystical beings. and I think it tested very low uh, because it's just not the original story. So they actually went back and they're calling it Snow White and the Seven Dwarves again because it's it's Mm. I I guess it's because it's just a a fairy tale and it's not like historical. I don't know. I'm not sure what their reasoning is, but I did see some pictures uh, the other day and uh, they're they're back to the Seven Dwarves.
1: I was curious if they're going to go with Sneezy because then everyone's going to think it's COVID. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's why they pushed it back a couple of years, I like guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, like, it's too soon. because like more than that 95 mask. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Despite Walt's focus on making a film with humorous and family-friendly components, his final decision to make the overall film serious as opposed to a light comedy carried over to the Queen who he decided would not have any comedic gags in the film. Instead of making her fat and batty, as originally intended, she would instead be stately and beautiful, with the characters and some individual scenes being finalized. The project was tabled until 1935, after Walt started to have doubts of his own in the project. However, after a trip to Europe renewed his interest in this film's depiction of Germanic culture, he decided to go full steam ahead, and after returning to the United States, he immediately began assigning individual roles to his team. As the story started to finalize, the main focus of the film was changed from the dwarves to Snow White, and the seven men were relegated to being side characters rather than the main characters. The film has started to be animated at this point, and many dwarf centric scenes ended up being cut despite having already been created. One scene that remained in the film was one in which Snow White's attempt to teach the dwarves to properly eat soup, which was animated by Disney legend Ward Kimball. Art classes were set up in the house of animator Art Babbitt to allow Walt's employees to learn how to properly draw from human models as opposed to the animals they were used to. After all, most of Walt's animators were cartoonists by trade, not artists, and needed to learn the craft for the serious film that they were creating. As these skills were being finalized, Walt took a trip to Europe for 8 weeks with his wife, brother, and sister-in-law. Despite the trip originally being intended as a vacation, Walt soon purchased almost 350 books about European art for the team to base their animation styles on. These ended up being critical to the design of the backgrounds and furniture in the film. As the team finalized the animation based on live models and with the use of a unique multi-plane camera, it was time for the casting of the film to begin. Adriana Caselotti, the first of 150 actresses to audition, was chosen to voice and sing for the title of the princess. She ended up performing some live-action references for the animators to use in the film. Lucilla Laverne was cast as the Evil Queen due to her regal, classic
3: voice. Yeah, the evil que- the Evil Queen is hot, man. Yeah, uh,
1: she's alright, I guess.
3: She's good she's a uh, with that hood. what do you think, Nick?
2: for the time i I'd say she's very attractive and they did yeah. really well with making her look beautiful
3: yeah they uh they really tried you could tell um my opinion on the evil queen I was trying to figure out like what the deeper theme to this movie was and sexism was one of them right I really think it's just pettiness mm-hmm like she wants to kill this woman because she's not the fairest of them all. Mm-hmm. Like she's the second. She's the second fairest. Yeah. And she's like, no, I can't. Second's not good <laughs> enough. I need to be the fairest. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Um, plot hole in the the poison apple. Uh, actually, I thought it was a plot, hole, but now that I'm thinking about it. She has a basket of green apples and there's one red apple. It's the poison one, right? Uh-huh. I thought it was a plot hole thinking, you know obvious you know that a strangers come up and one of the apples is different but if you think about it green apples are kind of gross right no
1: i like green apples
3: to to like a to like a normal person like green apples are kind of (laughs) gross red apple pretty appetizing looking it is appetizing looking pretty appetizing looking uh so i guess that was kind of smart the whole scene where she is uh doing the potion to become the old hag yes was very, very cool. Yeah. And uh, the poisoning of the apple was cool, too. We talked about some of the technology they used to be able to uh, do this with this multi-plane camera. And it's just uh, the whole movie is just a a work of art because of this, the Uh the depth they get and the and um, really cool to find out that they did their research with over 300 books about European art. To be able to get everything just aesthetically right in the film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely the it, the art holds up for sure, and you know it's great when you have those references you can use real references. I think it's so funny that they auditioned a hundred fifty actresses, but the first one was it. Like, don't you think, they, don't you think someone was like, like after a hundred, you're like, you know, we still like the first one, but we let's let's listen to fifty more.
2: Well, yeah, skip hall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the they're like, you know what? It was the first one the whole time. We could have saved ourselves hundreds of hours.
2: <laughs> no wonder the movie costs so much money.
3: Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, right.
2: It was all the. Uh,
3: well, first of all, how much, you know, you're in the middle of of uh, trying to convince everybody to make this movie. And now you're taking trips over to Europe. Walt was so slick with his business write offs. <laughs> uh, this is something that needs to be studied because he's taking trips. We we, we just did the history on the Goodwill tour down in South America taking his wife what does his wife have anything to do with snow white or the uh amigos and the three caballeros nothing but he's bringing her along anyway to be like a consultant i guess right he's getting vacations and he's turning these vacations into iconic pieces of film like (laughs) so no one can be mad at him how do i do that as a a travel
2: agent i need to 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 start studying i need to do this more Gotta look up who the
3: most famous traveler of all time is and uh, see what they did. It. I just looked up.
1: Uh, <laughs> I just looked up what fifteen. What, what was it? It was a One point five million, right? One point 5. five million. I looked yeah, at yeah. what that is to today's standards, and if he made that movie today, it would actually be cost over thirty three million dollars to make.
2: Okay, that's actually not that much. I'm is like, it, it doesn't in really? today's standards. It doesn't sound like that much. Really? I mean they're not using they're not using the computer technology that costs a lot of money I'm sure to make and all the CGI stuff they're hand drawing. So I mean, I guess maybe it costs a lot because minimum wage went up from that 5 cents or whatever he was paying on.
1: Oh yeah, cuz I just looked up how much yeah, the true. new movie Wish took to make. Dude. And it cost
3: $200 million. That's so funny. Yeah. I looked that up too. Now, the last um, the, the last ever hand drawn Disney movie. Do you know what it was? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. I do not. I think I know what it is. I think it's home on the range home on the range. Yeah. And the budget for home on the range in 2004 uh-huh. was $110 million. Here's something comparable. The rescue was down under $37 million. And that was not hand drawn. That was hand drawn. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm so 33 million was a lot of money obviously back then oh, yeah. 1.5 million was a lot of money back mm-hmm. then but if you compare it to today's i guess it was i guess he was on to something i guess he was, yeah. you know i guess he was uh i guess he was on to something because uh
2: putting out a well, movie and the fact that he went through all this like i actually remember doing a book report when i was in high school about cartoon movies being created and how long it took and the average movie took about three years to make. Still, yeah, even crazy. after that, and the fact that he started this um, in the 1930s, and it's still that three-year time span of making a movie is pretty cool to see that how much work goes into it. Could, yeah, absolutely.
1: Could you imagine a movie where Snow White wasn't the main character, but the dwarves were?
3: I think that would be fun. I think that's the
1: movie. But they should no, make. I
2: can't imagine that's, it. I think that's the movie they should I'd make. Do that with the Evil Queen. Evil Queen's my husband's uh, favorite, so he would really yeah, he would love anything with her. Yeah.
3: Now, she's a she I I definitely think she could use more of a story. I definitely think the Seven Dwarves could um could use more of a story. Maybe maybe after this uh, movie next year, maybe we get a Disney Plus spinoff or something. Now, uh, we talked about the length of movies and how long it took to uh, to make them. Uh, Snow White took about three years, like you said, Nick. And, uh, 32 animators over a thousand assistants and hundreds of more colorists just to color everything, mm-hmm. uh, kind of interesting. Now, I always thought it was fascinating when we get these movies, like, um, I, I say into the spider verse, cause that was another one of those just very unique, uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that movie's over, you're like, when's the next one coming out? You don't yeah, really realize know, it's right? like, it's like, well, it's going to take a few years <laughs> for it to be made because we're so, um, We're so spoiled by all these live action movies where it takes, you know, two months to be uh, filmed. But it's so weird
2: how you can watch a cartoon like Bluey that can Mm -hmm. just put out like 25 episodes and it takes them not very long to make that. Or I guess that is true. It's like there's a lot of even the Mickey Mouse cartoons that come out. They're 20 minutes long, maybe. And they can whip those out so fast. But. I don't know if it's that just the background images or how it works.
1: It's but. not Disney, but South Park was doing this like 10 yeah. years ago. They were putting out episodes, you know, every a week they were a making day. them within the within the month. They were able to be on topic because it that, that is so very, fast. very relevant. Yes. Yes.
3: Now, I wonder if uh, I wonder if shows like Blue. I wonder if that's made with a computer or hand drawn computer. That's got to be a is computer. A computer? Yeah. 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 So I guess that's. Part of it. What the reason why they can speed them up? Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. With the film nearly complete,
1: songwriters Frank Churchill and Larry Moray were finalizing the film's soundtrack. The final version of the film would include seven songs. I'm Wishing, With a Smile and a Song, Whistle While You Work, Hi Ho, Blood Uddle Um, The Silly Song, and Someday My Prince Will Come. With Someday My Prince Will Come being ranked as the 19th greatest film song ever by the American Film Institute in early 2000s. With the animation, voice work, and soundtrack being finalized, it was time to see whether Walt's folly would flop as everyone thought it would. When the film premiered on December 21st, 1937, at Carthay Circle Theater, Walt's detractors were surprised by how many audience members were enthused by the performance. And the first showing even received a standing ovation as it ended. Certainly, some may have argued that the extravagant atmosphere of the affair, which included costume versions of many iconic Disney characters, may have played a role, but Walt believed that the general public would be just as excited. Would be just as excited about the film. RKO Radio, RKO Radio Pictures, the company that distributed it, soon sent it into general release in February 1938, leading it to becoming the highest-grossing American film ever. Before Gone with the Wind would take that title a few years later. Despite some aspects of the film being considered extremely terrifying, such scary elements as Snow White fleeing through a spooky forest would become a hallmark of Disney's golden age. Despite these fearful sequences, though, nothing could stop this film's momentum, and Walt even received a special Oscar, as well as seven miniature Oscars, presented to him by child actress Shirley Temple. The film was nominated for Best Music Score at those awards, and reviewers gushed about how the production was pioneering and completely changed the landscape of cinema. Its many re-releases have only shown its longevity, and audiences today can continue to late in these adventures, both in the original form and in the upcoming remake. For decades to come, truly showing the significance of Walt's dream.
3: I do want to talk a little bit more about the film and some things that we missed out on. uh, Chad is talking about right now, which I forgot to talk about. But before we get into that, you talked about how Someday My Prince Will Come was voted, uh, was ranked the 19th greatest film song ever by the American Film Institute. There is why I just looked that up and there's one other song that was ranked in the top twenty and you know, I just saying to, top nineteen. Um, that's from a Disney animated movie. Do you guys know what song that would be? It's a it's probably the early two thousands? So? No. Now it was it was it was voted on in the early two thousands, but the movie is not from the early two no, thousands. No, I'm
1: saying, but it was this is a during, early two thousands vote.
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so nothing from new movies, so not let it go or anything. Right, like, right, right. Um, it's the most, uh, here's your hint, it is debatably, maybe not even, the most iconic song in Disney history.
2: Uh, probably um, Beauty
3: and the Beast? No. That's no, what I was the, thinking no, too. No, it wasn't. No, this was this was from the 40s. Oh. 40s. Yes. Okay. Reading guesses in the chat.
1: Uh, when you wish upon a star is a great guess. Uh, someone just wrote, wrote in
3: you want to double down on that or you want to think of something else?
1: No, I'm guessing that might be it because that's actually that's actually a pretty decent song.
3: coming in at number seven is when you wish upon a star yeah. from Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I say it's the most iconic. You hear that in all the commercials. You mm-hmm. hear that in all the you know, uh, the number one song in all of movies. Can you guys get uh, take a guess what that is? This one is from the 30s as well, actually. No idea. And it probably is the most iconic song in any uh, in any movie, I would think. If anybody wants to guess in the chat. And this is just a movie, It's not, a, movies, it, not it's just It's just a movie, right? Not a Disney movie. I don't know, movies from the 30s? I'm so...
1: Oh, over the rainbow is a great, great
3: answer. That's the, yeah, that's that's Man. the one. Somewhere over the rainbow, which we referenced earlier. That's kind of why I wanted to bring it I'm up. I'm so bad at Yeah, uh, so- <laughs> over the rainbow is the uh, top song voted by this. Makes sense. Which is yeah, you know, very well, very good. Um, I kind of wanted to look at and, and see if there were any other uh, Disney songs. Super comes in at number thirty six. We have. Um, the Muppet movie Rainbow Connection from 1979 comes in at 74. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, which is a uh, which is a cool one. Uh, very well deserved. Lion King Hakuna Matata comes in at 99 and uh, it's a top 100. So rounding out top
2: 100 Hakuna Matata 99. That's pretty cool.
3: Hakuna Matata is in the same breath as Over the Rainbow, but, kind
2: uh, of. It's so weird though, but that this song was still so popular, but nobody's remade it. You don't hear a remix of it like you do with the Wizard of Oz song and
3: right, yeah, you really, you really don't, yeah, you really don't. Um, yeah, no, it's true. you know what? Like, I'm I'm watching this movie. and It's a dated song. Someday my prince will come. back. it's coming on. Like, man, this is like a good song mm-hmm. for like a, this type of movie. Like, I was just like, I don't know. There's something about it that was just very just Disney to me. I really, really. I'll be honest. It. Her voice kind of annoys me. Oh, it's, absolutely, oh, especially like, during one of the songs.
1: Yeah. yeah, like her speaking voice, the Snow White speaking voice. It's yeah. just too high-pitched. Like, very high-pitched. Very high-pitched. How about those hunter's green eyes? Those, that was scary in the scene when you see the hunter come towards her from the back with his knife. Oh,
3: very scary, like, yeah. Those
1: green eyes, like, it's insane. Like, again, the animation is insane in this movie, and it's so old. But, like, his face details, without being, like, over the top, Uh, But stop not being like too, you know, it just it's well detailed uh, without being over detailed.
3: So uh, R.J., who obviously he did the history on this, he uh, he just put a link in the chat. AFI, American Film Institute, put out a uh, top 10 animated films of all time. And number one is Snow White and the Seven Doors. And I'll tell you what, with the history, knowing the history behind this movie, knowing the technology they use, it's very hard to argue against Uh Uh, a better animated film than this. Now, one of my favorites uh, that made this list, not a Disney movie, coming in at number eight, Shrek. Love love that Shrek made top ten. I love Shrek. Love that Shrek made top 10. Just for anybody who interested, I'll just breeze through this. Number 10, Finding Nemo, nine, Cinderella, eight, Shrek, seven, Beauty and the Beast, six, Toy Story, five, Fantasia, four, Lion King, three, Bambi, two, Pinocchio, one, Snow White. The reason I said all those because nine out of the top 10 are all Disney movies.
1: Yeah. And if you did, if you had said Shrek, I'd be like, oh, is this a Disney list? But no. Hmm.
3: Yeah. Crazy. Top 10 by the American Film Institute of all time. Um, Interesting. Interesting to say the least. I would love to know their reasoning behind some of these uh, so I could get behind. Oh, OK, I get it. But uh, so obviously a lot of these are revolutionary. RJ says very funny that Finding Nemo and Bambi, like they're weird choices. So I would love to know the reasoning behind these. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I stop talking, I just want to talk about real quick the strangest part of this film, in my opinion. When uh, I did talk about in the beginning how I love the storybook. Um, in the movie, how you they there, you know, you read the page of the storybook. One of them was like Snow White was so beautiful that the seven Dwarfs could not stand to bury her. So they put her in a glass coffin. Yeah. Super creepy. Yes. Uh, what's creepier than that is uh, when the prince comes and kisses what he thinks is a corpse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, doesn't hold up. Uh, don't know how it was even looked at like as normal back then. Mm-hmm. But um, that's all I have to say uh, about about this movie. At Loved at least- it.
1: Definitely a little weird. And and that's a different from the original story we learned earlier. We learned earlier the original story was he was transporting it to be buried. And then the apple fell in her mouth and she woke up. Not that she was kissed and woke up. But, you know, that's a little
3: more sense. True
1: love's kiss, right? That's where that's where I come from, isn't it? Is that in Snow White or is that in Sleeping Beauty? That's that's Sleeping Beauty. I think it's Sleeping Beauty. I'm not sure. It's still the same thing. Again, kissing a sleeping woman. Would it be allowed today? No. No, you got to get consent first. No.
3: Yeah, it kind of ruins the whole fairy tale. She'd just be laying there. Yeah, maybe there would have been a, maybe there would have been a better way to wake her up. Maybe just splash some cold water on her <laughs> face. Smelling salts,
1: smelling, salt? smelling yeah. salts,
3: smelling salts. I guess we'll find out next year when the remake comes out, right? Yeah.
2: How will they make her up in the in the remake? Uh, Any closing thoughts on the movie itself? No, just kind of like what you said. Like, I I was super excited that you invited me on this episode because I love the history behind it because it has so much more to it than just the actual movie itself with the story of Walt, essentially. Um, And there's a lot of documentaries out there that I've seen on this, and it shows the video of the actress dancing... Um, so that they can get the movements right in the animation mm-hmm. so you can yeah. see those two, which is really amazing.
3: It's one of my favorite things to see is um, is seeing the actual actors or actresses doing moves that you see in the movie as their cartoon counterparts. Um, never saw the Snow White one. There's a couple other movies that I've seen. Never saw the Snow White one, but I'd be interested to see what that looked like. Uh, Alex, any closing thoughts? What would you? Is this one of your? Uh, more, as far as princess movies goes, is this one of your favorite ones, least favorite ones, or just kind of like middle of the road? I'd
1: say middle of the road. It's not one of my favorites. Okay. It's I, I definitely enjoy it, and just like we said before, it's part of its lore is that it was one of the first. You know, that's why right. it's going to go down as one of the best because of when it was made and how unlikely it was thought of a possibility that could actually be successful. And how it looks for being almost hundred years old, yeah. But like, yeah. if that came out today, I would be like, yeah, it's okay, I guess. Um, so it's definitely not one of the top ones I like watching. Same with Cinderella mm-hmm. and Sleeping Beauty. I'm not a big fan of those movies in general. Uh, yeah. but definitely, you know, for being what it is, it's uh, it's great. And I, right. I, I, I don't. I think out of those three, it's definitely one of my favorites out of those three. Like, oh, if yeah. I had to rank those three, the cl- three classics. It will go Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella
3: for me. Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Mm. Cinderella. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to watch this movie with a historical vision while watching it to truly appreciate the movie for what it is. Because if you take it at face value, it can be a little ridiculous, a little annoying, and not that good.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go.
1: The character design of Snow White was based on actress Hedy Lamarr, who was considered the most beautiful woman in the world at the time. It's Hedley Lamar. Is it Hedley? No, it's that's a Blazing Saddles reference.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, why does that sound familiar? <laughs> One song that was cut from the film, Music in Your Soup, can be heard in the background of the queue for Walt Disney World's Seven Doors. It is
2: estimated her. that more people saw Snow White and the Seven Doors in its original release than Star Wars. This is the world's highest grossing animated film, coming in
1: at $1.9 billion when adjusted for inflation in modern times. Man, wow. he made his money back, That's huh? That's a lot of money.
3: <laughs> I'd say.
1: <laughs> say. They're like, hey, Walt, did you know making animation movies is a great idea? You should, you should We can really this. make good money. Yeah. We should make two more that are almost like it. The whole kissing <laughs> sleeping women is a great idea. Let's get that over to the next one. Um, apparently this is Giles Garmin coming in to tell us about where you can see snow white in the
0: parks in the parks Hello there, Disney's crew. It's your man on the ground, Giles Garman, bringing you more in the park. This time featuring Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Let's analyze how this attraction is appearing in Disney parks around the world. Although knowing Chris, he's probably already spoiled at looking up clips online. Although he doesn't know what's important, I'd wager. 10 to 1, he thinks that Snow White's not important to (laughs) what we're about to talk about. What we are about to talk about, though, is how the Snow White character is one of the most prominent walk-around characters throughout the Disney parks, and can be seen in a number of character breakfasts as well, especially at Walt Disney World's Akershus and at Cinderella's Royal Table. The attractions are perhaps a little bit more interesting. At least more interesting than trying to put a disc in a Nintendo Switch, Alex. Of course, there's Snow White's Scary Adventures, which was an opening day attraction at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland. The Disneyland version has recently been updated to Snow White's Enchanted Wish to make it less scary. The Magic Kingdom version no longer exists, however, Snow White is represented in the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train coaster, which is a bit controversial as it has some of the longest wait times in the entire Magic Kingdom. Some of the international parks have a version of this ride as well. Disneyland Paris' Snow White Scary Adventures is essentially a carbon copy of the Disneyland version of the 1990s. Tokyo Disneyland has a version as well. However, its version is more of a carbon copy of the 1971 version of the ride. Nonetheless, the first ever full-length feature film from the Walt Disney Company is well represented within the parks. What shouldn't be well represented in the parks is ride. Ryan, who I would suggest trading for a rabbit so that we don't have to hear his horrible opinions about Collie River Rapids and Mary Poppins. Now that's another in the park with me, Giles Garman. Thank you,
1: um, R. Giles Garman, uh, for that rough ref- idea on- uh it's really him, I'm, huh? I don't know, he he dislikes Ryan for some reason, so. Yeah, Disney's
3: budget uh, has gone up. Okay. Yeah, think- yeah, we're getting very, think like right. we're bringing more in. Yep. I guess since we had to stop, uh, since so we got to stop paying Joe his massive multi-million dollar contract, now we can. Yeah. Uh, Bring in more more people, fill in yeah. the void. Yeah, special uh, guests. But I love mine all Train. All over the parks. What, Chris? All over the parks.
1: St- Snow White's all over the parks. Oh yes, it is. I, Everywhere. Mm. I love Mind train. Never, never went on
2: mine. Well, train not, it's always not. You're too probably long. not tall enough for
3: it too. Only there once. <laughs> now and and you know i spend so, I, which is I spend up. so much time working the attraction <laughs> in the mine itself that i just don't feel like i need to ever uh ever run. it's
2: i, I um. always <laughs> love going on it especially when you're going up the lift mm-hmm. and spoiler alert chris um and they're playing hi-ho and uh, uh, yeah that's a spoiler yeah. thank you for saying
3: <laughs> i didn't remove my headphones in uh, so now i know so exactly it's, just, it's just
2: that. fun music that you just clap to and just have fun excitement and it's a cool kind of ride technology i guess and that the vehicle rocks with you too so
3: yep yeah i saw mm-hmm. that it's yeah, pretty cool It's cool pretty pretty cool uh d- high on my bucket list of of rides i need to ride that and jungle cruise now that i know you don't get super wet if at all
1: we heard this thing that snow white and seven dwarfs was pivotal for walt disney company's film industry and pulp culture in general from its original release until now this film has continued to shape how western culture views animation Without it, Disney and the entire film industry would truly look incredibly different today. Looking for a magical experience? Look no further than 3 Cheeky Chicks,
3: a Disney-themed candle company that will transport you to your favorite childhood memories. 3 Cheeky Chicks offers wax melts, candles, diffuser oils, and room sprays, all available on magicallyscented.com. And the best part? You can use the code DIZHIS20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase.
1: Immerse yourself in the world of Disney with scents like Polyjuice Potion, which is orange and mulled fruit blended with oak and patchouli on a base of sugared berries or try once upon a dream a magical blend of pears peaches and wild red berries mixed with water lily apple blossoms tear flowers and jasmine the base of vanilla orchard sandalwood coconut milk and chiffon musk
3: and don't forget the official Diz his scent created exclusively for fans of the Diz his podcast three cheeky chicks candles wax melts and diffusers make the perfect gift for any disney lover
1: so visit matchly today and use the code dizhis his 20 for 20 percent off your purchase three cheeky chicks where every scent tells a story Hey guys, wanna hear something cool? Do you wanna be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best. And a way to help support the show you get access to our wonderful giveaways discord chat and you can join for only two dollars a month in our discord chat you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members there are disney themed games in our chat streams from the park we have a special spotify playlist overall we just have a lot of fun you also get access to our live shows which can sometimes be a little crazy once again help support the show for as low as two dollars a month and join the goof troop just go to dis and on the top there's a link Check us out streaming on award winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24 7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. A Disney cruise is no ordinary vacation, it's
0: an adventure, a
1: fairy tale, a dream. Step aboard and discover where favorite Disney characters meet fun for the whole family. Where total rest and relaxation meet the ultimate escape and excitement. Where a dream vacation meets a magical cruise. Only on Disney Cruise Line, where magic meets the sea.
2: To book your magical Disney Cruise Line vacation, go to sandpipervacations.com today.
3: So Alex, what did you do this week in Disney?
1: Oh man, um, so not too much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I don't like talk about it because it's not Disney. It's not Disney, but it was on Disney Plus. Okay, and we watched Home That's, Alone and Disney,
3: one and two. Great movies. Uh, our kids haven't seen Titles. it yet, so we wanted to oh, show it to them. How'd they like it. They liked it a lot. I bet. You, I bet you, your son loved it. He loved it. My daughter He'll loved start, it. He's going to start <laughs> dropping irons on your head. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like you kind of like dug yourself into a ditch showing of that. Movie.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I don't think about that one. Um, but no, we were, we didn't want to show it to our daughter. She just, she's six, but we thought she'd be afraid of it because of the burglar it aspect. Is, yeah, it is. Uh, Home invasion ex- is pretty
3: scary. <laughs> it's pretty scary. It's well
1: <laughs> where you watch it and then you forget how kids talk to each other in the 90s or early or 80s. And you're like calling each other names, you're like, Ugh, I hope they don't <laughs> use this tomorrow. <laughs> but um it was a good movie. We, I like Home Alone One. I don't think I've ever seen Home Alone Two, to be honest. Uh my wife's like, really? my wife is in this weird camp. She may be by herself. If you're if you're with my wife, please email me because she swears that people think this.
3: She thinks I to assure you, I'm not with your wife. She out. thinks Home Alone Two it's... is better
1: than Home Alone One.
3: Yeah. Home Alone Two is is New York. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. It our is. our
3: president's in it. So yeah. Oh, no, that is the that is the better one. <laughs> I remember that one vividly. That was a I love that one. So, um, yeah, if you
1: think number two is better than number one, which I think is ridiculous. I think number two is actually not that great. Uh, number one's amazing. Um, yeah. Yes. Please, I'm not with your wife, Alex, just for the record, but I do I, agree
3: with her. Does his
1: pod at gino.com. Um. So, yeah, that's what we did over the Disney in, um, in Disney. So, yeah, Disney Plus.
3: What was it then? What? What was it originally? Uh, home alone was it fox
1: mgm no okay was it
3: mgm i don't know because no.
1: i i just uh it was it was a uh, howard hughes movie so not howard hughes it was a howard hughes it was a john hughes movie and it was originally yeah, 20th,
3: 21st century fox yep fox and so that's why mm-hmm. well i love how it's accessible because it's a great franchise except for the newest one yeah there's, there's, there's like six now total we don't, we don't talk about that we don't talk about that Nick, what did you do this week in Disney besides your husband getting the Avengers Tower Disney
2: Lego set? I said Disney, it's but it's just part like, of Disney. Yeah, <laughs> Avengers <laughs> Tower is. Lego set. Which, yeah, which is um, very, so very kind jealous of two things. About. I guess since I've been on last, um, I just got back from Walt Disney World about two two weeks ago. Oh yeah, uh, so I went down there for mm-hmm. um, the holiday festivities. Basically, went to the Jollywood um, nights at Hollywood's—
3: Is it a holiday? Is 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 that a Hollywood? Yeah, Is so that it's a, a, a brand new
2: after-hours event that they put on at Hollywood Studios um, just to just kind of make it a fun glitz and glam of the Roaring Twenties kind of vibe to it. So they had live music all over the place and um, fun soirée by Tip Top Tower, um, called the Tip Top Club by Tower of Terror. So. Um,
3: I saw yeah, some it, clips it of was pretty it. cool unfortunately
2: cool. the night that i went was opening night so there was a lot of bugs they still needed to work out with it because mm. it was the very first time they've ever done this event um but other than that right. the next day i actually went to magic kingdom where i got to see the christmas parade um which was really cool because they were actually filming the um christmas day parade that you guys will all be seeing on christmas day um, so they were, they were filming that. Oh, uh, we that's awesome! Cool. So really cool to see all the cameras that's and stuff cool. there, and to say that I was there when they're gonna when they're yeah, there. that's um, awesome. They, got a movie they had set. some singers doing their performances around the park as well too. so They had some stages nice. set up, so really cool experience to be down there, and just amazing to be there for the holidays as well too. So.
3: Now, is that going to be a special on ABC Uh, or is that going to be Probably both. I would assume, right?
2: But they they already put So they had um, the parade special they were filming as well as the one that they just, um, I think it just launched on Disney Plus where it's basically like the concert series. um, And they were filming some of that there as well, too. So um, that already is aired on Disney Plus. Yeah.
3: Oh, very cool. Yeah, that that's that must have been really cool being there for something. Yeah, yeah we got to of see that Derek that's and awesome.
2: Joanna Huff um, up there dancing and everything. So um, that's so a really cool. We weren't cool. able to get super close wow. because Disney um, brings in, which I love, too, that they bring in cast members and their families um, to be the extras for the parade for the parade and everything so oh, no have, way i didn't they know they basically that. have to wear like a christmas t-shirt or whatever they tell them to wear it but um so we saw them escorting literally oh, like cool. 500 people to the front of the stage <laughs> uh, so it's pretty awesome <laughs> with that uh, but other than that um we actually went and saw the new disney wish movie last friday and theater
3: so oh no spoilers because yeah. i actually that's what what i'm doing this week in disney i bought tickets to go see it how uh, well overall what was I, I think on? it
2: was a fun um cute movie um uh, the music how was, was the music it, it was good i liked the soundtrack to it um piper has been listening to it over and over already um she loved she loves the character it's I'm a fun sure, story yeah. um one thing i like i've already been telling people it's um there's a lot of hidden disney stuff in it so i heard about that i'm really really excited that that i don't don't want to give it it away but um this episode specifically tonight that we're discussing um has a little bit of a role in the movie too so um so it's cool to see because it was i think it was made for disney's 100th anniversary so it kind of has a a lot of nostalgia from over the years in it so yeah so i don't want to give away too much of it yeah but uh, but it, it's a good movie. I highly recommend going to see it. Is it something that's going to, I think, blow up and be like your next Snow White? No, but um, it's a really good one. So, Chris, what did you that's do awesome. in Disney this week?
3: Well, this week, I like I just said, I bought tickets to go see Wish. Uh, uh, Emily and I are going to go see that on Friday. Really excited. Um the other news, because it's not canon on this podcast yet, on the other podcast that I'm on, the No New Friends podcast, uh, it is canon because uh, I announced it, but I did not announce this yet on this podcast. Uh, my wife and I are expecting a little girl in May, so we're, ha- we're expecting our own little Disney princess. She's going to be spoiled, uh, this May, we're going
2: to be an amazing dad, and it's going <laughs> to be so awesome, especially oh, on the Disney side of it, to see it through her eyes now yeah thank you Nick yeah I, I'm
3: really excited because I hear I hear both of you talk about oh uh, you know I, I'm taking my kids to see this or I, I you know they're watching this. I can't wait to experience re-experience Disney through her eyes and already starting to I have a you know a little uh, I bought her a Winnie the Pooh outfit. I bought her a my my mom already <laughs> bought her this little baby Yoda outfit. I got her a, a mini outfit. So it's like all this these cute little Disney outfits because mm-hmm. girls' clothes are very cute. Uh, so been buying all that stock piling up, really can't wait. Um, see, I'm joining, joining the, uh, the girl dad club. Well, Alex was a girl dad until he had a son, but, um, now you're a girl and boy dad. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You can't discount your son. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really excited. Uh, glad that I love and appreciate, uh, Disney movies because, I can't wait to have her grow up with like say a similar childhood that I did minus the VHSs, plus the Disney plus. So that'll be it. really, really excited for that. Um, other than then, then shopping for my uh, unborn daughter and buying tickets to wish not too much this, uh, this week at Disney pretty busy week. Yeah. I can't wait for you to start.
1: Now you can watch movies that you were, had been putting off because you're like, Oh, I probably like snow white, like snow white's a movie. I thought you wouldn't watch until you had kids. So there's other movies like that. You probably won't, haven't watched until you have kids.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, Alex. Been waiting for excuses to watch some of these like younger childhood shows. Yeah. The day I bring yes. her home, I'm putting on Bluey. You got to. Yes. Watching Bluey. Because I have an excuse now. <laughs> yeah. Sip on a Capri Sun put, and watch some
2: Bluey. Put on Baby Race. Don't know what that is, but you'll have to message me. Well one movie I definitely would. recommend holding off on is Bambi. That's one thing that I don't I don't even know if Piper knows
1: we haven't even watched I don't watched know if Piper knows that it yet. exists,
2: but I feel it's been like a long time. for me as an adult, I have like PTSD from it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. So that, that was one of the VHSs mm-hmm. we had. Wish it was <laughs> Mary Poppins instead.
1: Next week, we'll be having Ryan on to help go over the history of Donald Duck, who is one of the only Disney characters to have an official middle name.
3: Thank you guys so much for listening. And a bigger thank you to Nick for a special guesting tonight, talking about Snow White with us. Nick, you're a travel agent. You're the owner of St. Peter vacations.com. Tell us a little bit about why people should use a travel agent and where they can find you to
2: schedule That's, their next appointment. Yeah, I mean, schedule well, that, next vacation, the an appointment, appointment to vacation. plan a vacation. Um, but yeah, so I I own a travel agency, um, as many of you might know. Um, But we we don't focus just on Disney. I focus on cruises and all inclusive resorts. Um, And I'm actually headed to Hawaii on Sunday, which I'm super excited about for the first time, so so it's Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, When you guys are listening to this, I'll actually be in Hawaii. Um, So as a travel advisor, I am trained on all the latest and greatest information from all of our suppliers. I have a really great relationship with Disney. Um, And with my supplier that I'm going to um, Hawaii with. So I'm actually going there on a work trip. We have a lot of stuff planned throughout the week to visit different resorts and experience these properties so that I can share them with my clients. Um, So it's uh, really awesome to work with these amazing suppliers like Disney and um, Royal Caribbean, Virgin Voyages and stuff that send me on trips um, or just kind of trips to explore these properties so I understand it and know what to share with my clients. Chris understands firsthand because he took a trip through me, um, pretty recently through Royal Caribbean and I was able to work out some kinks Mm -hmm. that came up because of his injury last minute. So, um, I'm your main point of contact with that. And it's nice to have somebody on your side to work with the companies to make sure everything's great. So, um, you can reach me at, um, sandpipervacations.com, um, to request a quote, doesn't cost anything to use our services. Yeah,
3: I could uh, not personally recommend Nick any more than I possibly could because it, he was, uh, like he said, I had an injury last minute. He was able to accommodate me with um, uh, handicap accessible uh, stuff for my room. It was just, and I didn't have to go through a Band. All I had to do is shoot Nick a text, shoot him an email, and he makes it happen. It's amazing. You tell him where you want to go, when you want to go, and he plans everything for you. He's on those, uh, those long, um, waiting mm-hmm. lines on the, uh, on the phone for hours at a time. And, uh, you don't have to do okay. anything That's except like, for pay, except for pay for you, the vacation. Pay for the trip, my services are free. free. We're
2: paid by our suppliers. Um, and I love what I do. I've been doing this for about six years now and I went full time with it last year. And I have such great clients that I've made friends with and, um, these great trips that come up as well, too, or I can share it with you guys so that you can have a better understanding of, yes, I want to go to Hawaii and this is what I want to do now um, versus a lot of these trips can be very overwhelming, especially Disney. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And I would even
3: go as far as saying that if you book through Nick, you will. Most likely, probably not guaranteed, Mm -hmm. but probably be saving money. I know he was able to hook us up with uh, with onboard credits for the cruise just because of the connections that he has. And uh, he knows when all the sales are going on at Disney. He's able to get you those for rooms, uh, all the discounts cannot recommend him highly enough so head over to sandpapervacations.com to get in contact with him but also
2: follow him on social media at sandpapervacations yes that's on yeah. all social media on, Correct, yeah, on, Vacations facebook. on facebook instagram and tiktok um, and i want to say too we have a really amazing team of travel advisors around the country too so if you want to work with somebody closer to you we might have somebody closer i um, know we have one of our um, patreon members for the, this is uh, maddie is one of our travel advisors mm-hmm. now too she's actually at walt disney world this week Um, And Jen, who used to be a host on here, works for me as well, too. And so um, we're all happy to work with you and find you the best deal for your vacation and take all the stress off.
3: Yeah, you follow him on social media. You might even find a spot you never even knew you wanted to go or a cruise line you never even knew you wanted to cruise on. Like uh, Mm I know Virgin Cruises is high up on my list after following you on social media. But uh, please, please check him out. And Nick, can't thank you enough for coming on tonight and hanging out with us now. If you haven't heard enough of us already, you can head over to our link tree, which is in the bio of all of our social media and episodes to find links to our Patreon, our blog, all of our social medias, our YouTube, everything except for Twitter, in which we are banned. Still have no idea why. Um, If you do choose to join our Patreon, you have access to early episodes, bonus content, cutting room floor. You have the option to write for our blog which is a lot of fun and so much more including our discord we get to chat with us and all of our other patreon members and if you're a five dollar tier note you're entered into our monthly giveaways where we give away really really awesome stuff so please head over to Linktree and uh follow us on all social media and check out our patreon if you would uh if you find it in your heart to do so And that's the his on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I'm Chris. I'm Alex. And I'm Nick. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.